Nick, I think it's time for a new intro. What do you reckon? Let's do it. I think it is. I think it is. Now, I'm not very good at marketing, Nick. That's why I'm a, I'm a PT. Uh, but I don't know. I think there's something to do with, you know, some consistency, you know, some repeatability. When someone listens to the podcast, they hear the same thing and they go, oh, yeah, I'm getting into the, the Rise Method podcast. It's Coach Steve. And he goes, what's up, guys? Coach Steve here. And welcome back to another, you know, it gets boring over time. So uh, here we are. We've just started the opposite episode. We're kicking off. It's episode number three, Nick. And it's been an exciting couple of weeks with the RISE method, don't you think? Absolutely, it has. I think people are really starting to understand what it's about and embrace it and um, really go for it. I think that it's it's all happening. It's all happening. Yeah, look, we're getting some really positive um, feedback in our uh, closed Facebook group. So if you haven't already, go check that one out, the um, Rise Method uh, Community Hub. So it's a space where um, people in the Rise Method can can, can chat on Facebook. Um, then we've also got the forum inside the Rise Membership area and then the social hub inside the Rise Membership area as well. So there's lots of positive um, chatter there about the programs and, you know, some uh interesting mindset shifts you know from previous versions of the the challenge what it was where it was you know all about um you know the before and after and getting shredded or building muscle and you know it's about you know you doing a good job compared to other people and now you know we're really trying to celebrate each other and each other's own individual journeys and um i i believe many are, are picking up that difference uh so it's been really positive to see i'm excited for when the challenge officially begins which is next week and we can start to really see the 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 shift in the program um, and that really come through. So it's gonna be a really, really exciting space. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I love where it's going. I can get behind it. Do you know what I love as well? If you wanna get shredded and do all that, there's a, there's a place for that as well. There's a place for every single element and facet of fitness combined people who love circuits people who love lifting weights and nothing else people who like walking running jumping sprinting there's everything that's right that's right and you know i know i know nick in marketing it's not wise to try to uh, be everything because if you're everything then you're nothing right um but you know what the rise method is is about um your individual fitness values yeah and um you know today today is monday today um, i made a video on our closed facebook group um saying that i was wrong about something and what it was was um yesterday one of our members made a post and i uh, commented saying that the rise method is all about you versus you not about yeah. you versus everybody else uh, where previous challenges was you versus everyone else and you know it's ultimately you and if you do a good job compared to other people you get a prize whereas the rise method is all about you versus you and I did need to make a, a, a correction because I think I was wrong where, you know, it's not always about, you know, you versus you in the sense of you versus who you were. Uh, it's about you versus your values, your fitness values and what's important to you right now and then potentially where you want to move towards. So it's almost you versus future you or you versus your, your current values. And as an example, you know, 10 years ago or so, like I was heavily interested in bodybuilding. That's all I wanted to do. Um, you know, I would train like a bodybuilder. I would uh, eat like a bodybuilder. And all I cared about was, you know, my six pack and how my veins looked and, you know, my quad separation and my poses and all that, right? That was my value at the time. Whereas over the last 10 years, those values have shifted where, you know, I've been really interested in, you know, endurance running and I've been really interested in uh, strength sports, getting into powerlifting. And then now, um, you know, I'm 
in a very situation to where I was 10 years ago, right? I've got, I've got two young kids. I've got a few projects on the go. I've got responsibilities. I've got a mortgage. I've got a wife. I'm very different to when I was 10 years ago. So that has changed the way I approach fitness where now I'm more interested in, you know, getting a good workout in for my, my mindset, maybe getting a good pump because it feels nice. Um, and then, you know, getting some good, um, adaptability in my body so that I can continue to be Steve, right? So I can still play with my boys and, you know, run around and do athletic things. So my values have changed over time. So when I approach fitness, I could be upset that, oh, you know, I don't have a six pack anymore because I did 10 years ago. I was diced 10 years ago, but that's not what's important right now. So uh, I do need to correct myself in saying that it's not always you versus you if you were to compare yourself to you, you know, yesterday a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago. It's about you versus what's important to you right now. Okay. And I'm calling it values driven fitness. This is all about your, your values. What's important to you? You know, if you want to get fit, where we, we can help you out. You want to get, if you want to get diced, if you want to get shredded, hey, that's cool. I respect that a lot. Um, and that's cool. We've got programs for you too. And if you want to get strong and you want to get uh, lift as much as you can, we've got programs for you too. Um, so there's a breadth in the programs that we offer. And everyone's goal is unique and we need to understand that in fitness. Yeah, for sure. And if you've never sat down and thought about your values, there's actually quizzes that you can do that are for free online where you can actually work out your hierarchy of values at the time and then they change. So, for example, Coach Steve, yours might be at the moment, family might be uh, top of your values or I'm guessing for people such as ourselves, it's usually family or health and fitness and they they alternate or they can live together and then comes the rest of the stuff because we sort of understand if you don't have your health, then you can't really do much else. So, but for some people, you know, career, money, other things are really the top and you, you can't help where you sit on that, but it's really good to know because that is what is going to influence the way that you behave. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. say you don't get up early. Maybe it's because your work is everything to you. So, so you get up in time to have a shower and go to work because your number one value is to be, you know, the top person at your workplace. So therefore you, if someone says to you, you've got to get up early and do your workout, you'd be like, well, that doesn't sit with me. I will do mine after if I can fit it in. So it's really, you're going to try and slam a square peg into a round hole if you're trying to be something that you're not. So if you sit down and work it out, it's really going to help you influence the way that then you can structure your fitness goals and achieve them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because if you're fighting against a, a value of yours, hmm. yeah, it's an uphill battle. You know, it's like you said, you're trying to put a you know a square peg into a round hole. Um, mm. You could you could make it fit with some br br gr grit and blunt force, um, but it, it, it won't it stay. No, it um, won't stick. No, it won't. Yeah. So like, yeah, the exercise that I challenge everybody to do and let us know um, what your values are at the moment, and they can certainly change, and then you can really sort of see where you fit in. Uh, to the different methods of, of achieving your goals. That's right, yeah. Well, look, I am actually working on a, um, I haven't got a title yet, but it's kind of like a, a, a workbook, um, a RISE Method workbook, and it's got some really nice uh, kind of graphics that I've um, acquired. And it's, it's a, a way that you can determine one, like your why, your goals, your values, what's what's important to you, um, what's on your uh, not-to-do list. Um, so it's kind of like a self-help, self-care type book. So I might call it something like the, the self-care book. 
mm. or self-care workbook, something like that. Um, patent pending the, the name. Maybe you can come up with a, a cool name, Nick, or someone who's listening to this. Um, that's a, a resource that we're, we're working on right now. So these are some things that are, are important for fitness. Um, it's important in the RISE method and um, you know, it really helps drive us to where we want to be, both for uh, mindset reasons and second for you know the reason why. You know, why are you doing this damn thing? Um, if your value is is you know like your work and your career like why are you trying to jump onto something that could distract you from your work and your career yeah or maybe if you were fitter or um you know had more confidence through fitness um or maybe looked a certain way through fitness that could uh you know steer your career slightly then hey that's important so now this value is intertwined with your work value your career value then it works and then you'll do it right then it becomes mm. a thing that you'll actually care about and, and do but the problem is when we think that we want something because we think someone else thinks that we need it mm. <laughs> right because it's like, not gonna that's not gonna get you up at 4 30 in the no, morning no. and out there if you exactly yeah thinking that somebody else thinks that you want it is such a finite thing that's right. So like mm. me right now, like I don't have a six pack right now, but mm. I could easily think that, oh, well, Steve, you're running this online fitness program. So you think that everyone else thinks that you need to have a six pack or you're not a good personal trainer, then, you know, I can start thinking that that's important, uh, but it's not really my value. Right. Mm. So um, if I'm there being like, oh, well, I've got to, you know, get the six pack because everyone thinks I need a six pack. It's, it's, it doesn't work. And I'm not going to stick with it, right? Unless no. my, my value changes through things, um, and then I then I deem that to be an important value of mine, and then I'll probably do it, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's very fascinating when you start thinking about that, uh, and then just respecting and acknowledging that, hey, this is my why, this is my value, this is my reason, and there's no judgment on yourself or someone else of what you are feeling. So, um, value driven fitness. Remember, it's uh, not about you, you. It's not you versus someone else. It's not really you versus you or you versus old you or, you know, this idea of, oh, I'm going backwards if I'm not what I was 5, 10, 20 years ago. It's about you versus what's important to you right now. Yeah, and finding ways to fit it in with what your heart actually wants to do. Um, and that's how you will achieve it. That's how you find that the most successful people in any field are driven by their values. See, mm -hmm. Coach Steve, you love education. So for you, that's why if if people say, oh, I need to learn this, you'll be like, oh, I just just today I made 10 updates on the spreadsheet to <laughs> reflect because you love that because you love educating people. So that's one of your values. And it's not a pain in the butt for you to do. You don't go, oh, I've got to figure out another way to teach people this. You go, oh, great. You know, I'm going to get onto that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm very cautious that I don't turn into mansplaining because I know that's a, that's a thing. Um, but anybody who, who one, wants to learn and two, wants to listen, uh, yeah, you you have my attention and um, my, my willing to help. If, if you start saying, well, actually, that's when we know that you're mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll let no. you know. <laughs> no, I, 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 I definitely try to not say those words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Nick, talking a, a bit more about values before we move on. Um, I think sometimes when we want something, though, you know, when we do truly want something, um, sometimes it does take a bit of grit. You know, mm. if you if you want something for whatever reason it is um, and it's meaningful to you, uh, sometimes, you know, we do need to uh, uh, acknowledge that there will be obstacles in the way. Um, acknowledge a little bit of grits because uh, it's going to suck. You know, change is hard. You know, it's change takes pressure. It's friction. It's yeah. 
Uh, so, you know, we do need a little bit of resilience um, and do need a little bit of like inner strength to kind of push, push through those, those, those shitty times. And it's like that with literally uh, any change you want to make in your life. Like you want to save money. Okay. It's going to be a little bit tough because you need to go against the grain. You want to you know, learn a new language. You got to go against the grain. You want to try to study and go back to school or get a certificate. You know, got to go against the grain, right? You want to, um, I don't know, start uh, a dating and find a partner and start a family. You got to go against it. It's a little bit of effort. Um, and it's exactly the same in a fitness journey. Like we can go through the motions and yeah, we can get some, you know, results. Um, but it gets tough, you know, it gets tough when life gets thrown in the way, we, we are limited for time, we're limited with energy, our mind is elsewhere, we've got to exercise, exercise is tough, you know, it, it, it burns and it hurts. Um, but sometimes we just need some some just cold, hard, uh, you know, resilience and a little bit, little bit of grit. So yeah, and I'll you- tell you what else, though, just for free, I'll tell you, <laughs> um, because a lot of people in our challenge, I'm just sort of generalizing here, but probably didn't really grow up with social media. So it's, it's still a bit new, even though, you know, I mean, it came in when I was maybe in about year, year 11, year 12, you know, so it's been around, but it, it's, if you didn't grow up with it, like my kids have, it's hard to navigate and you start to become the star in your own mind of this movie. Now, if you can just get rid of that and go, people, sure, they're interested, but they're not going to judge you and they really don't care either way. They only really care about what they're doing. They're they're never going to be against you. It's okay. I think that you can really free yourself up to A, not stress so much about it and B, um, just enjoy, you know, enjoy what you're doing and don't worry about what other people think either way because honestly, they're going to get on with it. So it's really, it's a good idea not to stress too much about it and um, enjoy it for what it is and step away from it, put the phone away and enjoy what your body can do as well without it there. Bit of yeah. Both. yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And there, uh, when we announced the rise method and the new all-star celebration, uh, there was a bit of resistance with um, the idea of, uh, you know, this all-star celebration of five people who tell their story, um, Mm. tell their story around one, um, improving their health and two, getting stronger. And then those people that engage in the community and tell those stories, right? And that's what the celebration is. We're choosing five individuals each and every week to highlight their wins, um, how they're improving their health and improving their strength. And that could be, you know, they're going to the gym and they're eating good food and maybe they're losing some weight, all the good stuff, right? And there was some resistance with that where people were um, <clears throat> apprehensive about posting more. I don't want to. I don't want to post. I don't want to engage. And I will say that there's an interesting correlation with those who uh, engage the most online. Um, you know, with getting good results. And by good results, I mean, you know, actually uh, significant change. When we were running like the Max and Maxine Challenge and the M Challenge, we could see the statistics of those who went public versus those who went privately, and then those who completed the challenge. And it was significantly higher um, those who went public and those who finished the challenge. Those who went private, um, or something like 15% of people who went private actually finished the challenge. So if you're sitting there um, trying to hide in the shadows, that's when it's really easy to fall off. You know, that's when it's easy to say like, oh, I, I, I don't exist. I'm not kind of participating. Like you haven't like bought into the idea of, hey, I'm actually going to do this damn thing, which is why we want to celebrate those people who, you know, buy into like, hey, I'm making like a pledge to the 
online ether saying, yeah, I'm doing this thing. Like, look at me go. I'm in the gym. I'm, I'm, I'm eating good food. And, you know, maybe I'm losing weight. Here's a, here's a selfie. Um, you know, maybe some positive comments here and there to each other and saying, oh, congratulations. You know, that's an awesome win. Or like my win was this, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, this is my challenge this week. And I overcame it by this, by committing yourself and buying into the online ether. That's when we kind of say, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this damn thing and I'm going to make a damn change. Right. If you don't like sign that agreement as in like, it's not a physical agreement, but you don't sign it to yourself and say, yeah, I'm going to do this damn thing and make like a pledge as in, I'm going to post online and make myself accountable. It's really easy to hide in the shadows. It's really easy to kind of go through the motions. It's really easy to fall off because if you fall off and you stop, no one's going to be there. No one's going to care because they don't know that you're around. Right. So I'm going to say that if you're really struggling with actually making a significant change in your fitness journey, or if you're struggling to actually get a result in your fitness journey, make yourself seen online. And that could be, you know, just liking a few people's posts, go on the social hub, like some people's posts there, or maybe commenting on a few posts on the social hub, or maybe post, uh, posting a couple of times on the forum, or maybe give us a selfie or say that you're in the gym, take a photo of your gym, whatever it is, make yourself seen. You might be surprised that um, people start asking, hey, you know, where did Jane go? She was doing so well and now she's gone. Or John, where'd he go? You know, he was posting all these videos about him doing amazing deadlifts and he's disappeared. And that's when you might've fallen off, but you got people bringing you back in. Um, So yeah, like I want you to make the world revolve around you a little bit. Um, But remember that the world doesn't always revolve around you. It's okay to post online because people are kind of caught up with their own thing that it's not a scary thing to make yourself seen online is the whole point of it. Definitely. And, yeah, I guess the thing is, yeah, the other other side of it is because the world doesn't revolve around you, it's very, very easy to experiment with some posts and go, okay, I'm going to do this post and do it and then feel happy about it because – it's going to go, you know, people, it'll resonate with someone and then it will go down the list until the next person posts. So it's okay. You can, you can feel happy and safe to do it too. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll chuck some stuff out there every now and then, and then I'll go quiet. Every Sunday I put my little check-in up mm-hmm. just for myself on my story and that's it because I, I, I know that like for myself, I just think I better be better than last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all. That's all. No one, no one cares. They wouldn't even know the difference <laughs> of which which week I've done. But I can see the difference. I love that, Nick. You you might be our first all star. What do you reckon? <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, if if I must, I'll be the honorary first all star. Gosh, Steve. <laughs> do I get um? Do I get an all star beanie? Yeah, we'll have to get something made up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a beanie would be awesome. But yeah, yeah, for sure, I'll I'll take it. Well, look, we've got we've got t-shirts on the way, so that's going to mm-hmm. be that's going to be exciting, um, and a few more goodies in the the booster pack. Uh, it's going to be fun. Sweet, Nick. Before we jump onto some questions for this podcast, I need to ask, how's your training coming along? Oh, it's really good. Um, yeah, I I, <laughs> I remember having a chat to you about um sumo, so I had a been having a crack at those. Um, they're interesting, aren't they? When you you're used to conventionals, they're very interesting, but it's it's um it's good to see like what your glutes can do in things as well like within the movement um it's you know that that power that can happen and i'm enjoying that and i'm actually really enjoying um smith machine squats at the moment because i just like how you can stay really really upright and use quite a bit of weight because nothing bad's going to happen it's it's awesome so i'm enjoying that um everything's really good i believe there's like 20 weeks to go until 
show day, but um, everything's good. Like um, body fat's good. I mean, the only reason I'm talking about that is because it's relevant to that particular sport, but everything is is good. I wish that I could say it's not because then I'd be more like relatable because, you know, when someone just goes, their training is good and then they're annoying. But I've had times when it's been bad. <laughs> but like, let's face it, I haven't been, I haven't had much work. So I've been doing a lot of training. <laughs> now you know? the good things. Yeah. With when this. life hands you lemons, deadlift them. <laughs> That's a quote for you. Yeah. Um, so with the Smith machine squats, are you mm. active are you actively like putting your feet forward above the bar path and doing like the feet forward Smith machine squat? Like in, in sort of a hack squat style. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, pretty much. As long as I stay upright, as long as I do not that my, my feet are slightly forward. I've got um yeah, I I'm what else? Let me think. Um, as long as I don't put my butt back at all, I have to use my quads completely. So no putting butt back. No, no, no putting, no putting butt back. Love it. No. Um, yeah, I just, uh, when I was in a commercial gym, gosh, like 12 months ago or so, like doing that feet forward Smith machine mm. squat, whoa, like the one, I couldn't do much weight at all. Um, mm. Oh gosh, I think it was like maybe a, a 20 on each side or something like mm. that. Oh, uh, you can it, do more than that. You'll have to come and see, you'll have well, to come and visit for a training session. Yeah. Like a um, rise method training session. We'll have to, but uh, gosh, yeah, I remember it wasn't much on the bar and I just had the gnarliest quad pump mm. on there. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was very aggressive. So if you haven't already go on the Smith machine, mm. instead of having your feet directly under the bar path, just maybe take a uh, half a step forward, maybe a little bit more, you'll find a little position and you will find that you can keep your torso completely upright. Um, and it's, you can just go like super deep into yeah. the squat. Um, if you can add a little pause at the bottom, uh, and then come out, oh, Jesus Christ. Like that is a, yeah. an aggressive, aggressive quad pump. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been doing 15 reps, then 12, then 10, then eight. Yeah. Okay. That's so, uh, yeah. and, and then also doing hack squats. Um, yeah. So it's just, you know, like my quads would want to be doing something, put it that way. <laughs> I don't have so quads good. like yours yet, but you know, like for, for the, for what they are, they're getting better. No, so good, so good. Mm. Um, so the other day I was watching my uh, my boy George eating, okay, and he's getting better at uh, feeding himself with a fork. So firstly, he's uh, what is it like twenty months old, so again close to two years, and um, he's refused the high chair. He doesn't go in the high chair anymore. He has his own little table and chairs that are next to the dining table, and he sits down and he eats eats with us. Um, and he sits there on his little chair and he has his little fork and he eats. And watching him eat, one, it's so messy, right? Anyone with kids would know it's just just mess everywhere. Lucky it's the the table is really easy to wipe down. And two, he eats really really slowly. You know, of course, gets distracted, but eats really slowly. So like watching him grab the fork and he would like slowly get some food and like very slowly and awkwardly like open his mouth and like bring the fork closer and closer to his mouth. And if the food doesn't fall off his fork along the way, he eventually gets it in there. And it was really interesting watching him learn this new skill and how slow he needs to take it to learn. Um, but as he gets more proficient, he's still, you know, choosing to go slow and control, doesn't rush it. Uh, and then he's slowly gaining this skill. And it's a skill we take for granted as adults because, you know, we, we use cutlery and, you know, no, no issues, right? 
And I was really thinking about how it's such a great like visualization of what training is because training, we're essentially learning a skill. We're learning how to move, right? We're learning how to complete the squat. And you might say, well, Steve, like I know how to do a squat. Yeah, but you don't know how to do a squat with the weight that you're using right now. Yeah. So like we're consistently learning a new skill by adding load or making uh making the exercise a different variation or maybe introducing a brand new exercise or maybe an exercise you haven't done in a while like if i went and did that smith machine squat i haven't done it in a while so instead of putting 20 kilos in each side i might put only 10 kilos in each side because i've got to relearn it and then after maybe a week two weeks i can start to load it up properly so if you're listening to coach nick and i going oh geez i wish i could squat you know deep or low or do a squat even (laughs) um think about my son george uh learning how to use a fork you know go slow that's how skill is is skill acquisition is made you know we start off slowly we start off you know making mistakes makes a mess it's fine um and you know it just needs practice over time Mm. if you are wanting to squat and you don't squat right now and you want to squat if you want to squat deeper you don't squat deep right now one just make it easier like reduce the load uh when i was you know first learning well when i was first doing squats uh, years ago you know you you load up heavy and maybe i'm doing like a quarter squat or a half squat then i made that realization hey i want to go deep i want to do those those really deep squats what did i need to do i couldn't stay the weight i was using i needed to regress it relearn it and i even had to to go back to the drawing board and relearn how to do the whole damn thing so think about going slow with your training and even now like when i'm training i am actively choosing to go like uh slower than normal um in terms of strength world you know you don't want to go slow you want to go quick but in terms of learning a skill if you want to like start to really build muscle and develop that training side of things go a little bit slower than normal Um, you might find that you can feel things happening in your body you could feel where your joints are in space or you get a better appreciation of where your joints are in space you might notice when you're doing a bicep curl your elbows are flying all over the place or maybe your um, elbows are coming out to the side like a chicken or maybe your your hips are doing a weird thing when you're doing a bicep curl or something like that you might not notice these things if, you, if you're rushing it if you're going quick so just go a little bit slower think of yourself like a toddler learning how to use a fork mm, perfect it's so true so 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 true um and you, you never i guess you you, you you always refine it and toddlers can always refine the way that they use forks as well. Absolutely. So, honestly, it's just a constant and never ending process. I think every time I go in there, I, you know, I'm always thinking, especially in the warm up and stuff, I'm always assessing what's going on with my body, how everything's feeling. You never stop doing that. No, no, you hmm. shouldn't. Nick, let's move on to some questions here. Um, so first one uh, is a question from the forum. It comes from Owen uh, hmm. and Owen writes, Looking to lose weight and get back into weight training. Have not done weights for some time. So looking to do the FIT programs, that's team FIT. I am cycling to work five days a week, total 180 kilometers a week. Mm-hmm. So five days a week, 180 kilometers. So there and back, gosh, what is it like 15, 15 20 kilometers each way? Is that my right math? Um, I've got my calculator. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably like 15, 15 to 20. Each, maybe yeah, so it's, yeah, it's about um about 16 k's each, each way. way yeah um so legs get a little sore from the distance doing lower body weights slash exercises never excited me but i feel with the cycling it might be a bit much on my legs if i feel i should just start if 
if feel I should just start with upper body exercises only, uh, do you see this being useful or should I really stick with the program? Thanks. So Nick, uh, sounds like Owen is doing a lot of lower body exercise right now with cycling mm-hmm. to work and is wanting to lose a little bit of weight, get back into weight training, wants to do the, the fitness program, team fit, and is unsure about doing legs, not excited about doing legs. Um, what do you think, what would you say to Owen? Uh, I would say, look, cycling and strength training are two different beasts. Um, you can get stronger, I suppose, in the sport of cycling but to actually get stronger at strength training you have to do strength training so and that will ultimately actually assist you in your cycling um i did put on the forum um a little link to a cyclist that can squat millions i don't know if you saw it but robert forsterman he's like goals and um he's one of the cyclists that i often refer to for for um people to say that you you should be doing strength training as well because it actually does help it helps um with the amount of power, the watts that you can hold over time. So your endurance, your FTP, it actually does help with that. Um, I would, I mean, in an ideal world, I'd have him doing strength training, but Owen, it's going to depend what you want to do and it's what you're going to stick to. And I, I actually think because there's a few things to unpack here, you you want to lose weight first. So I would say um, I would concentrate on that. So I would concentrate on dropping that weight first. So so do the team fit, um, do what you like within that. Uh, Concentrate, I would say, on on that fat loss first. And um, that is going to come down to your nutrition. You can keep cycling, do the circuits in team fit, do some upper body stuff, do whatever you're going to stick to. And then eventually, once you've reached that goal, I would probably then incorporate, if not before, but um, some leg training into that um, to then build up those leg muscles once you're eating more, when you're in, like, you've got a good body composition that, that you like you'd like to maintain and um, perhaps build upon that's that's what I'd be doing something along those lines is that similar to what you would say coach Steve uh, yeah I, I would say something similar um, I think just the main point is if he's not excited to do legs like you know, what's the point can't right? force you. can't force you yeah um, you know just as a, a side analogy right like those people that might do 10, 15, 20,000 steps a day, you know, use their legs a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They're walking a lot. They're using their quads and their glutes and their calves, right? And you could easily make the argument that, oh, well, I get a lot of legs training just because I do lots of walking. Therefore, I don't need to train my legs. Um, and then you can make the same argument. Oh, well, I use my arms all day. I've got to feed, I've got to feed myself and I've got to um, wash myself and I've got to wipe my butt and I've got to drive my car and I've got to, you know, use my computer. I use my arms all day, so I don't need to train my upper body. Um, so then you could start making these, uh, uh, you know, links and be like, oh, well, I get enough physical activity just being alive that I don't need to exercise. So the point of getting at it is like, where, where's the, the line? Like if you are doing five days of cycling, you've probably adapted to that really nicely. That cycling, you know, is it high intensity cycling? You're cycling to work. So is it a commute on flat ground? Is it just spinning the legs? Is it enough to challenge the hip into full, you know, flexion and extension and the knee through full flexion and extension? Um, And if you want to get back into weight training, you might want to get back into some, you know, weight training across the whole body. And some exercises are really strong leg exercises, all right, a squat, a day lift, lots of legs going on there. Um, but what about those exercises that are like half-half, you know, where you're doing maybe like in the, the the team fit program, 
might be doing a, a, a dumbbell push press where it's a little bit of a squat, a little bit of a push overhead, you know, maybe a quarter squat and push overhead. So are you not going to, are you choosing not to use your legs in that movement? Um, or if you're going to do something like, uh, I don't know, argument's sake, like a burpee, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm going to do a burpee, but I'm just not going to do like any leg portion of it. So I'm just going to do a push up instead. Like you can't not use your legs and it's about how much you effort you want to put into it. So like my advice would be to follow the program as is. There are, might be some legs exercises, like, you know, maybe a lunge and a squat here and there. But instead of going like 10 out of 10 effort, you know, scale it back a little bit. All right, maybe I'll do like a five out of 10 effort. So, you know, just do a little bit of legs movements, get the, the knee bending and the hip bending and all that. And you might find that you get better at cycling because you have stronger, more robust legs, um, which makes your commute easier. Maybe you get to work, you're not sweaty. You don't have to shower for 20 minutes. You only shower for five minutes because, you you know, it's it's happy days. Um, so it will be essentially the, the, the variable we need to track is total volume and total fatigue and how we're feeling with that. And then hopefully you, uh, you know, get, get the little love bug that is legs training and, you know, get involved in some, some, some good old leg training. You know, way back when um, I used to do strength training, even when I was doing triathlon and um, they didn't. And they used to tease me for it and say squats won't get you over the line. I remember <laughs> that. And now a lot of them have terrible knee pain and other sorts of things. And I just think, oh, if only you'd have been doing that. So the, the other thing to think of is if you love cycling, use strength training as an accessory to that to make sure that you stay nice and strong with all the movements and you can keep having longevity. You know, your hamstrings are something to really focus on as well um, in that full pedal stroke you know, how, how are your hamstrings going? Do you ever feel pain there? What's going on with your calves? You know, we can yeah. think about it as athletic training as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, last thing I want to say is that, you know, Owen, I, I've personally been there where I um, was commuting, uh, riding a bike, uh, commuting to my first job in a gym at the YMCA, at the swimming pool gym complex that I worked at. And I'd often do the open shift. So, you know, we'd start at 5 a.m. So here I am hopping on my bike at like 4 a.m. And it was a similar distance. Mine was about 20 kilometers, a little bit a little bit up and down hills um, on like a main road. And uh, yeah, that was um, fun riding at like 4 a.m. And I'd have my little bike gloves on. And, you know, the bike gloves are always like fingerless. So the wind would, you know, you're holding onto the handlebars, the wind just goes straight to your fingers. And I started wearing gloves over them and that was like the the part just gets so frozen so then i'd go straight into the 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 complex open up and go have a shower straight away but then i would also train so i would, I would do my shift you know eight hours from like 5 a.m to 1 um, p.m and then i'll do my session you know upper body or lower body whatever it was and then i'll cycle home and there was always this uphill um hill on the way home which is gnarly and i remember training like legs and then, then realizing oh crap i've got to ride my bike home and then just going up this hill while my legs were, were just cooked yeah that was that was that was fun days uh anyway so i've been there owen um it's tough um but yeah i think like the the aerobic capacity that you built up through commuting to work um, probably helps you with your lower body training anyway so it almost makes it makes it easier yes Nick, let's move on to the next question here. I'm getting lots of questions about calories and just generally questions around, are my calories right? Are my calories right? Um, so I just wanna make a few comments about it. Firstly, the meal plan uses a formula called the Jorah St. Mifflin equation, which is um, a personalized equation, very evidence-based, um, arguably the most used equation to predict calories. 
and then the program makes a, makes uh, and scales your meal plans so that it sticks within your calorie prediction okay and then of course your goal that you choose if it's weight loss or performance and such now remember that the prediction of calories really is a starting point where the the equation isn't a be all and end all it's it's a prediction and that we essentially want to see what those calories are doing to your body so if your goal is to lose weight and you're consuming what you think is your predicted calories because what you predict as calories in numbers versus what you actually eat in food might not always match up. So if you are eating the food that you think is the predicted calories and you're losing weight, great, happy days. You know, who cares what that number is? You know, you might as well call it a name, give them, you know, Bob or Sally or call it X or whatever it is. Whatever that number is, it doesn't really matter as long as you're losing weight when you're following the meal plan, great, happy days. If you're not losing weight, then we need to tailor the calories further and i would say you know let's let's wait two to four weeks before we make any changes to those calories and that's part of the rise method you know we we reassess where we are we implement a strategy we sustain it let's say two to four weeks we're sustaining that that, that strategy and then we're evolving that strategy right rise so that's when you can make some modifications and the meal plan is very open sourced right you can see all the settings on the meal plan even you know the the goal like if it's weight loss it's minus 10 percent of your maintenance calories and you might change that to minus 15 percent if you're not losing weight yeah now in previous challenges we had like a phasic approach where we would manually choose what percentage of a deficit or a surplus you'd be in as each phase progresses we don't have that in the rise method so there's one meal plan that you can follow if you're losing weight great uh, if you reach a point where you're not losing weight, that's when you transition into the evolve phase of rise, where you start to make some changes to your plan so that you can continue to see results. And we can guide you through all of this. So if you are reaching a point where you're saying, hey, I'm not seeing changes anymore, I'm not losing weight, I'm not gaining weight, I'm not seeing progress in the gym, um, reach out to us. Uh, there's loads of content coming, so don't feel like you need to reach out to us uh, if you don't want to. There's loads of resources coming about what you can do, um, but you can make those changes uh, so they can continue to see um, results, basically. <clears throat> now, I do want to make a comment about uh, some individuals who want to make comments about other people's calorie intake. Now, um, I need you to uh, understand that, um, firstly, calories are unique to the individual. So if your calorie prescription is, you know, arguments say 2000 calories and you see someone that's having 1800 calories, that doesn't make them a bad person or you're a bad person. Like it's different because we're different people. Like my calorie intake is very different to coach Nick's calorie intake because we're very different sizes, we're different, very different humans, right? Um, so firstly, you, you can't compare and you can't judge someone else's calories or offer advice on someone else's calories without context. So someone might say, oh, I don't know if my calories are too high or too low. You don't know if they're really short or really tall or really physically active um, or really heavy or whatever it is. It's just like saying, um, you know, oh, I don't know if I put enough fuel into my car each week. It's a very broad question. What, like, what do you mean? Like, what car do you drive? How often do you drive it? How do you drive it? You know, are you a, a hoon driving it or are you, you know, driving really slowly? Like, there's lots of questions to ask about, you know, how much fuel your car needs each week, right? Are you driving in the city? Are you out in the country? Is it a four-wheel drive? Is it a little hatchback? Uh, you know, is it stop-start? All those things, right? Same thing with the human body. A final comment I want to make is that the calories you consume isn't like a calorie isn't like a like a vitamin it's not like you need like x amount of calories to reach a certain like performance outcome in a way like we need x amount of calories just to like function but it's not like saying oh every single human needs 
at least 2000 calories to reach a certain, you know, quota or a magical outcome. You, if you need to, can reach some really great outcomes by meeting your calorie constraint model. So if that is 1200 calories, 1400 calories, 1600 calories, 3000 calories, whatever it is, if that is strategically working for you, that's great and that's awesome. Um, but you can't make comments on, on somebody else. So in summary, uh, if you're unsure about your calories, hey, you, you can certainly ask that question. I would say one, like try not to overthink it too much. You can start looking at, you know, hundreds of calorie calculators online and, and spend the whole day and, and stress out about it, which is probably not the thing you want to stress out about. You probably want to focus more about training. Uh, two, the calorie prescription is a starting point. So we can definitely make changes over time. It's not a hard and fast number. It's not like a magical number that goes up on a pedestal. And number three, be cautious if you are making comments about other people's calorie intake, you, you may not know the context around it all. Absolutely. And it's also not your business to know the context of it all. Uh, and also the other thing is a calorie is not an Oscar. Like you don't get an award for eating more calories so it's not a thing it's just yeah. each to their own yeah and you don't get rewards for eating eating lots uh fewer calories as well on the other side no, like no you either just way. yourself and no uh, you, it's about finding the balance that gets you the results that you want to get in a sustainable long-term manner that's right rice 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 <clears throat> uh Nick, last two questions here. I might speed run it before we lose mm -hmm. time in our podcast. Next one is what program should I choose for weight loss? So some individuals just want to lose weight. That's mm -hmm. fine. Um, firstly, the meal plan, set it to weight loss. Happy days, done. That's 90% of the weight. Um, which program as in training program should you choose? Um, firstly, it doesn't matter too much as long as you're doing some sort of training. Um, next, you probably want to still maintain that the a good step count. You know, Aiming for about that 10,000 steps per day is a good place to start. More specifically with training, if you want to join Team Strength, uh, a strong program, Team Strong, you might struggle with the higher intensities of lifting if you're trying to lose weight. So it's not recommended to, um, you know, try to lose weight while trying to build strength. Probably not a good idea if you're, if you're fatigued and tired from dieting, probably not a good idea to go under like a one rep max. So that's firstly. Secondly, um, if you want to join Team Build and you want to try to build muscle, again, it might not be a good idea to try to build muscle which requires lots of surplus of, of resources when you're in an energy deficit or resource deficit, yeah? So if you're trying to add muscle, you probably need more calories, but if you're trying to lose weight um, or lose body fat, you need fewer calories. So they're juxtaposing goals. Um, so it's probably not a good idea to try to build um, if you are trying to lose weight. If you're trying to do a bit of a hybrid, like, oh, I want to try to maintain muscle and lose some body fat. Yeah, okay, great, happy days. That's a, that's a viable strategy. You're trying to maintain as much muscle as you can. Team build is for you and you're eating an energy deficit, happy days. Mm. If your goal is primarily weight loss, um, you're probably best suited for something like team fit. Team fit, um, more circuit-based training, built around improving your fitness. So less focus on trying to build muscle, less focus on trying to build strength, all about fitness. Um, so if your goal is weight loss, probably team fit is a really good match. So that's probably the strongest match. Um, the most medium match is like um, the, the team build program. And then the, the lowest match is the team strong program. So if you're unsure, probably team fits. Um, if you want a good strategy, probably team build. And yeah, I wouldn't recommend team strong if you wanted to lose weight. 
Nick, final question here is, do I need supplements? So a few questions coming in about supplements, things like protein, creatine, pre-workouts, all that good stuff. Do I need supplements? Uh, and look, this might be the difference of what the RISE method is. Um, yes, we are still sponsored by uh, Max's Protein and Maxine's Burn. So you might find that in some of our booster programs. Um, Nick, I know you're still um, sponsored with Maxine's Burn um, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll be doing some educational contact with uh, educational content with Max's soon as well. Um, so there's our bias. We are heavily involved with a supplement company um, outside of the RISE method. But I'm also gonna say that um, you don't need um, capital N-E-E-D, you don't need to take supplements or sports supplements or anything like that if you don't want to, okay? I would say the caveat is that um, some supplements make the process easier. Um, so if you're struggling to get protein into your diet, having a protein shake is a really easy way to get protein. It's really convenient. You can put the powder in a Ziploc bag or a little container, take it with you, put it in a shaker bottle, drink it. Like it's it's really easy way to have a snack or have a meal or get some protein in. So that's the first thing. Second um, supplement that I recommend is a, a creatine, just simple creatine monohydrate. It doesn't need to be fancy. Uh, that's really great for just overall health and development, right? Um, so it works with the energy systems in your body to help you to perform better. It can also influence your mental health, um, not mental health in stress and anxiety, but like your brain health, mental mentality health, um, and also your digestive system and all the good stuff. So if you haven't already, go supplement with some creatine. Um, and then if you're really into training, you probably benefit from some sort of caffeine supplements. So that could be coffee, um, or it could be like a pre-workout uh, if you want. Uh, pre-workout could be any pre-workout really. Um, you're really looking for caffeine, beta alanine and citrulline malate in that. Um, and you know, a really great blend is something like beta pump because I know where it's made. <laughs> it's made in Bayswater. I know the guy who created the formula. I know the people who blend it. So, um, you know, that's, that's what I'd recommend to most people. But at the end of the day, supplements, do you need to? Capital N-E-E-D. Uh, no, you don't need to take any supplements if you don't wish to, but you can also add them into your meal plan in the extra section. Just tick the box that you've had like a protein powder um, and it'll add that to your meal plan. Happy days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. 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 100%. 100%. <laughs> Nick, we made it to the end of episode number three of the Rise Method podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Um, if you are, what are we talking about today? We're talking about values. Let us know if you know of your values and we can have a chat about values. If you're unsure, go check out uh, a new book upcoming, a little ebook you download in the resources section. Probably not, not going to come out today or tomorrow, maybe in the next <laughs> week or so. Um, name patent pending. So if you think of a name, uh, uh, let us know. Uh, maybe like the, the self-care book, something like that. Handbook. I don't know. We'll think of a name. It's going to be cool. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions, always reach out to us or on places like the forum, the social hub, a few folk um, emailing us as as well. I'm sorry I don't answer the emails as quickly as, as I'd like to, but we endeavor to add them. Um, and we'll catch you next week for episode number four, Nick. Thanks, everybody. Good to chat to everybody. <laughs>